Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And sometimes you just have to do what every other effing podcast out there is doing. And we're going to be no different here. uh, Because today we're going to be reviewing uh, Logan. Everybody went to see that movie this weekend. And we're going to be talking about it right now. And joining me today is a special guest from the Movies Ruin My Life podcast, Brandon Fleet. How's it going, Brandon? I'm well, Matthew. Yeah, How are you? Not bad. Good to have you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to good to be chatting with you, man. I've missed you. Oh yeah. Well, we, you've come up a lot in conversations on our show lately. Have so I? We're, yeah. we're pretty stoked to have you back uh, for the the big DC Marvel tournament in a few weeks. It's yeah, awesome. I was, and and if we'll, we'll uh, let the people know out there what you do. Like, give give them a give them a little insight in, into your podcast and and where to find you. Right on. Uh, well, movies are my life is a weekly long-form panel discussion show that we we do. We have a huge panel. I think this season's about 20-ish different panelists coming on, various artists, musicians, filmmakers, writers, photographers, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that just come on and we chat about movies and, and, uh, and how they ruined our life. You know, we play a lot of fun games. We do... Uh, tournaments like the one that you were on previously and we had a whole gambling scheme for that <laughs> and uh we do some battle royales we do debates we do director spotlights all kinds of different stuff some mini series and uh yeah we can you can check out the show at moviesroommylife.com you can find us on soundcloud stitcher radio TuneIn radio obviously itunes and uh, google play music obviously as i just kind of alluded to we just started our second annual comic book month which you're going to be a part of which is awesome thank you mm-hmm. and uh and so right now we're releasing a ton of comic book content including a bunch of wolverine stuff we have a two-part episode coming out this week and next so uh yeah that's what we do so find us listen awesome. to us Can't yell at us it. I can't wait to hear the, the Wolverine pod, and I highly recommend if anybody is, is looking to get a get a taste of the of the movies ruin my life. Um, it, it it's 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 a long one, but it's definitely worth the listen. Is your your indie comics pod that you did? I like that oh, yeah. was wire to wire. That is fantastic stuff. Like I just when barbed wire got brought up, I I pretty much <laughs> lost my mind because my buddies and I had just been talking about because we we got our big hundred and fiftieth episode coming up, and we were just spitballing yes. some ideas. And I, I, I think my friend Mike came out and said, why don't we do a barbed wire commentary? And I was like, what a brilliant <laughs> idea that would be. <laughs> Just do barbed wire. Oh, God. But, yeah, I, I highly recommend that that indie comics uh, pod that you did. That was that was fantastic bit of work. Sweet, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, was, that was a lot of fun. It's only the second uh, time that the Drunk with Power guys were on, which is another mm-hmm. great show that you guys should check out if you're listening. And also, there's only time uh, other than the uh, comic book – or, sorry, the uh, – uh, indie, um, uh, like hackers and stuff like that films that we did, oh, yeah, uh, that we, that we did too. in the, yeah, we did in the battle Royale format. I really, really like that. I want to do more shows that style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Logan today, doing our, doing our little review. Oh, is that um, what we're doing? I already forgot. Yeah. Uh, you were paying me compliments. So <laughs> my brain shut off. Uh, so yeah. So from here on out, 
spoilers, heavy, heavy spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Logan, pause now, come back after you've seen it. But I figure everyone's seen it. It made about a billion dollars worldwide this weekend, which is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it's what is it now? Uh, Eighty-eight million in its opening weekend. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember where it's sitting now. Just insane worldwide numbers. I, uh, I think it made close to like it made like a quarter billion in yeah in North America alone and yeah worldwide that tripled. So insane. It, it was yeah absolutely crazy. So I'm just gonna ask you right out the gate what you thought of the film. Just just your overall assessment of of Logan. Well. I've been struggling with this all week. I'm not going to lie to you, mm-hmm. Matt. I really have. I have these really mixed emotions about the flick. I I liked it, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it. And I've been trying to kind of put that in context. And I think that the promotion cycle was really, really, really good for yes. this flick. Like incredible uh, push out of the gate. Uh, you couldn't turn your head and not see a billboard on a bus you couldn't uh you know not see a video online what have you and it was all really compelling stuff and i think i was really psyched for the idea of a a wolverine road movie and i think i oversold that for myself a little bit so you know i'm part of me i was just so happy to see you know hugh jackman in the role as i always am he's been carrying the film's the last since you know since before i could legally vote in canada mm-hmm. and and uh and so you know I, I can't hate one of these films inherently but as we'll get into as the as the show goes on like i i have these really really mixed emotions about the whole thing it it looked great the sound was really uneven i felt like it was a really loud movie off the jump and then they really couldn't get back to that that fullness and I saw it in IMAX, so that could have an, uh, you know could have played a role in it. But um, I, I don't know. There, there was there was things that I loved. There was things that I hated. Um, and uh, you know, I just kind of kind of came out of the movie. I went and saw it with Paula, who who's been on a few of our panels, uh, and uh, we both kind of came out with these, you know, shrugs and like, what did you think? Uh, so I don't know. We'll get into it though. I, th- I thought it was good. I liked it. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if I put it on the... Because the hype coming out from Twitter and from a lot of the cats on the internet that mm-hmm. you know, will tear a movie, especially the comic book movies, they'll tear it down to the studs the second they get the chance. They were placing this on the, on the, the, the pedestal right next to the Dark Knight. I don't know if I'm willing to put it on that level. No, but I th- I think I'm willing to put it a notch below. I mean, that's not to say this movie isn't without its flaws. I mean, no movie is without its flaws. I thought that the uh, the Oklahoma City casino, I think it was Oklahoma City anyway, but the casino sequence, I felt like you could have taken that completely out of the film and you would have lost nothing. As fun as some of that sequence was, with yeah, uh, it seemed like a cheap mechanism. Yeah. Just to you know jump back to it 10 you know 10 pages later in the script mm-hmm. and go oh okay this is this is why charles is locked in a water tower etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. but yeah i see your point i mean it, like the only thing you can say it added was the fact that uh x23 laura got to see shane right which which yes which a was amazing later which yeah. yes and that reference i really is, really like that yeah and as fantastic as a shane reference is it it, it wasn't you know, integral in in the making of this in, entire film. Um, 
you see, I don't know if I concur with you there. I okay. thought that it, I thought that emotionally, mm-hmm. you couldn't have hit a stronger, you know, comparison for me. Like, there's other films that you could have done it with, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know. I I really really enjoyed that element of the film because that was more even even though of course you have this like clone daughter situation uh, that you have with X twenty three, it. It the whole movie kind of played as as you know a surrogate paternal figure, mm-hmm. which it was, uh, rather than you know and them kind of coming together and that 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 you know reminded me of the first time that I saw Shane as a as a child being raised by a single mom too and looking to film mm-hmm. for for male role models in a lot of ways so I don't know I, I agree to disagree maybe. <laughs> no, like no, I think I think the Shane thing added to it. I I, I was just, like I absolutely loved it because you know Shane's one of my like I'm a big westerns guy and this movie is very much in in the in that western like stylistically very western mm. and it it like it added the Shane thing. Well, if we could veer off topic for a second, what's your opinion on the ending of Shane? Do you think Shane was dead at the end? Uh, I think the ambiguity is the point, but yeah, Shane's dead. Yeah, I think so too. I, yeah. I just I've I've always thought Shane was dead, but that's also because I'm a horrible pessimist. So what do you? What do you do? <laughs> um, yeah, I just in, when people comparing it to The Dark Knight, I don't understand that because a they're they're no, just they're so com- they're two completely different films. One thing I'll say, I think I've only because I've only seen this movie once and I've seen Dark Knight about a thousand times. I think that <laughs> in future watches, the third act of Logan is going to hold up a little bit better than the the third act of. Uh, the Dark Knight, and by third act, I of course mean that the weird, cell phones. Yeah, by yeah. the third act, I, I of course mean that weird fourth act that they had in Dark Knight <laughs> as well, where where like Aaron Eckhart was all of a sudden the two faced bad guy, and I was sitting there in the theater going, "Wait, why aren't they saving this for the third movie?" And then all of a sudden, Aaron Eckhart yeah. was dead, and it was like, "Well, that was an odd choice." They just kind of threw that away, but that that's that's a whole other podcast. Um, how'd you feel about the violence in this film? I had no problem with it because I think that, particularly for our generation, uh, when when you talk about like the '90s Wolverine comics and that amplification that happened with his powers in general around that time and the luxuries that were taken in the creative process writing the comic around that era, with us growing up around there, we were even when we watched a lot of the other X Men films, mm-hmm. like when I watched back over, say X Two for example, I put you know a very vicious you know almost like bloody scene in my mind of that that in the school berserker rage mm-hmm. with all of striker's men and um and i i thought that it 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 didn't seem foreign which was nice and additionally obviously with like you already alluded to the western tinge to both the aesthetic and the you know, kind of the pacing of the film, et cetera, et cetera, the like a you know journey kind of energy to it. I thought it um it it felt it felt natural. It felt like like you said, like going back and watching maybe like a Clint Eastwood movie, like watching Fistful of Dollars or something mm-hmm. like that. And you know, uh, if it was made today, you know, so it felt more like a genre film, which I think is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that 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 was kind of. It it felt good. I don't know what else to say. It felt it felt good, looked good, um, and also there was uh, quite a bit of great humor using the violence, which I think mm-hmm. is always key when you talk about horror or any genre. 
that you know an action obviously just with like john wick still in theaters or you know john wick <laughs> 2 still in theaters etc um you know it, it it felt great you know being there didn't feel foreign from the series yeah it was very tarantino-esque in the sense that you could see wolverine like slice off a dude's hand and you're just like ah, take that dude who, who i didn't really like i'm glad you got your arm cut off yeah, i like that thing, comparison right? yeah now if they took the, let's say they toned down the violence. Let's say let's say it was more in the vein of the earlier uh, Singer Brian Singer movies, where mm. it was where it was still like they still showed him stabbing people, but there weren't like limbs flying off and and whatnot. Does that do, do, does that hurt the film as as far as as like in your opinion would would that have hurt the, the what they were trying to do in this film? Yeah, it's funny that you that you've been thinking that because I've mm-hmm. I've been thinking that all week. Yeah. And where I keep landing is is like I know that you're very familiar with you know the the old man Logan comic series and and mm-hmm. you know how it ties into Secret Wars, all that stuff. Which you know, so I don't have to go into that. But I I like that the violence also to some extent. Uh, is it it served for me as kind of just a just taking in the movie, not trying to be you know, critically thinking while I was watching it at all, uh, just enjoying Hugh's last hurrah as as mm-hmm. as Wolverine. I thought, you know, it 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 showed the character's frustration. Like, you know, even in that opening sequence where he's like, "You guys don't really want to do this. Come on, you know, let's just." And they, they shoot him, and it mm-hmm. keeps going. And there's a little playful moment there, and then he just rips them apart. And it's just uh, it. it that works and also it's obviously used as a uh, as a plot device because that's of course how they find him initially etc so um yeah no i i i think if you did it in the style of the earlier films if you went for a pg-13 for example or something like that i think it takes away from some of the um some of the actual character development that they've done specifically for this film with logan you know I, I, I no, I agree with you, and I think that some of the scenes with with uh, Daphne Keene running around slicing dudes up, I think I think that because she's this young girl, and they're actually you know depicting the violence as it would be if you know people had giant butcher knives strapped to their hands and were punching people with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I feel like that adds to the the gravity of the situation of this is a. 10 year old assassin girl who again has butcher knives coming out of her feet <laughs> yeah. and hands. And, and it's, it's just, yeah, I, I, I just, I really, I really think, think that it adds to it. Now that said, um, you know, they might've been able to dial it back in a couple of situations, like in the aforementioned, you know, scene with, uh, in, in the casino where professor X is, you know, destroying everybody with his mind. And then Wolverine is running around s- slow motion, stabbing dudes who are mm-hmm. just unable to move. They did. They went to that like seven times. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe only you know two or three would have gotten the point across. You know, they yeah. Probably, they probably didn't need to go for the full like six, seven guys getting stabbed in the head. But uh, yeah, I concur with that. Yeah, I, I just I wonder if if I, maybe we should we should grant some artistic liberties to you know to James Mangold on this one only because of the fact that. Uh, obviously, if you're given an R, you know mm. you can go with an yes. R. Okay, and uh, they hadn't had an action beat at that point in for the story bit. for a handful of pages, 
and uh, you know, it, at that point, it's point. kind of we're 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 doing a lot of emotional groundwork here in the scenes that precede it, and you think, okay, just from a like completely not as an audience. Like to be clear, I completely agree with you, one hundred percent. I agree with you. You could dial that back, and it'd be just as effective. In fact, it'd probably be more effective if I'm doing it in my head for some of those kills. Absolutely, but I. I I don't. I'm not going to hold that one against him, though I don't hold much against him because he made Copland. Um, but <laughs> but um, I, I wouldn't hold that one against him because I know the pressure, or I don't personally, but I've read of the pressures of working in the big studio systems and how important it is, of course, to have you know every so many pages, every so many minutes, a yeah. action beat in in the film and and because that's supposed to play as like a double-edged blade, as both a, an emotional moment. Uh, for both Laura and for for Charles, and then of course you know an action moment as well um, to just get the claws out and 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 get get Logan ripping people up. It, I I would I would let that one slide personally, like I did at the time, but I totally agree with you as a film viewer, absolutely. That that's an excellent point about the the action beats by you, because yeah, they we had spent a little bit of time in that casino since I I think it was like the old Paso. Uh, escape sequence which I thought was personally was my favorite part of the film uh, yeah. it had been like a good 10-15 minutes since that had gone on so I agree can I ask you about that that El Paso scene mm-hmm. reading uh, reading a few articles on like the CG face replacement that they did on, on the stunt doubles there and in uh, some of the driving sequences and obviously on the like the X-23 stunt double etc cetera, etc cetera, which I thought was really good work and um and I didn't have any problem in those moments. Um, there was an interview with 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 one of the uh, leads on on that team that did that work, and how much about how much effort they put into uh, the eyes specifically, and and avoiding that uncanny valley effect, mm-hmm. right? But then I had so with that that all seemed perfect to me. And and Paula, to be clear, kind of felt like the opposite way when we went to see it. Um, and I haven't had a chance to ask Devin about it because he's always the first one to point that out, Devin from our show. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, conversely, later on, when, when X24 shows up, <laughs> a few of those moments definitely yeah. caught me up in that effect. You know, and I was just curious if, if, you, if you were even able to spot a lot of those, those CG face replacement, et cetera, et cetera, moments in the film. Because I thought it was really, really well done. To be perfectly honest, like if I'm answering this question truthfully, I had no idea that they actually did that with the like. Well, obviously, I, did, I knew that they did it with X24, and yes, I did notice a couple of the the uncanny valley scenes, particularly when they did close-ups when uh, he was getting hurt, right? Like when, when yeah. they got stabbed into the tree, and when uh, Eric LaSalle ran ran over him with his car. I thought that those were the the most egregious moments of of the uncanny valley CGI moments. But to be perfectly honest with you, I I did not notice during the El Paso fight sequence about any any sort of CGI. So I guess that would go to say that they did a, a fantastic job because I, I was not hip to any of any of what you just said there. Yeah, yeah, you should look into it mm-hmm. uh, for anyone listening and for yourself, Matt. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's a lot of really good like side by side shots of the of the mm-hmm. stunt drivers and stuff like that, and then the face replacement done. It's really cool. All yeah. right, yeah, I'll definitely uh, look for that in in future viewings. Um. You mentioned the Old Man Logan series. It's a weird thing with for me as as a comic book reader, because everybody on the internet was complaining, and obviously the internet is is a place where you know 
reasoning. People complain. People complain and reasoning, <laughs> go, reasoning goes to die, right? And But, like, yeah. people were comparing it to the Old Man Logan series, and if you've read that, and first off, Mark yeah. Millard did that, and, and you take Mark Millard with a grain of salt when he writes stuff because he's a borderline sociopath in, in, in everything that he writes, and, and he likes to answer the, the comic book questions that no one ever asked. Of course. And, yeah, no, I can agree with that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, the, really the only thing the Old Man Logan series and this have in common is the fact that, like, Wolverine is old. That's it. Like, like Hugh Jackman is playing older Wolverine. But, like, the goings-on of both have nothing to do with each other. Like, this is not a homage to that series. This is not anything. Because if, if it was homage to this series, they would have had, like, the incest Hulk babies and whatnot mm-hmm. from the Old Man Logan run, which is just... Peak Mark Millar, if, if you're asking. Yeah, me. yeah. And, um, I, obviously, me mm-hmm. being a huge Hulk fan, which we've discussed before, mm-hmm. that was like a painful part <laughs> of the series. Like, I love yeah. that whole, like, I love the the ridiculous uh, Red Skull president of the United States wearing the Captain mm-hmm. America armor, like yeah. all that stuff. And the, Keeping all you the know, trophies, yeah. Yeah, Logan flying out of there wearing the, X, or wearing the uh, Iron Man gear and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I love that. I love all the the road stuff though, and I wish we would have yes. had more of that. It, you know, if if there had been more opportunity um, to have more of a, tra- as much as they are traveling, there isn't that much of a travel vibe to this, and I wish they would have retained a little bit more of that. But yeah, I see exactly what you mean, where, where you're talking about um, how it's not right to compare the two. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention to you about that. Um, I've had multiple talks with a ton of people i feel like we've had the talk before about how when when i originally was one of the ones bigging up the idea of an old man logan movie mm-hmm. i was totally wanting to you know i was praying for a crossover into the mcu the way that we're yeah. now sony and spider-man kind of thing uh and, and 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 that's where i was thinking you know because i thought okay after this whole thanos thing wraps up where do you go next well an an obvious bigger baddie would be someone like the Beyonder, mm-hmm. and and you know so wrapping it into a Secret Wars kind of situation, the new Secret Wars to be clear. Uh, although I like the old Secret Wars way better, mm-hmm. but uh, it would have been really cool, you know. And 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 there would have been a lot of opportunities to do side stuff with the other characters in the MCU, um, the same ways they you know very well still could do with the Punisher with his kind of. Civil War journal series and that kind of stuff. You could still see stuff like that pop up on TV in the coming month, year, etc. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's why I was really hopeful for an old man Logan. What I got was not in any way what I expected. So I can also understand people's frustration <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. And behind uh, anonymously typing away madly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was never going to be old man Logan. They just didn't have the licenses <laughs> for that. And, and quite okay. frankly. Like I realize Kingsman did did well, but I mean Mark Millar just doesn't have the mass appeal if you're if you're taking a bunch of his properties because I guess like Kickass did all right, but then Kickass Two bombed horribly and, and yeah. yeah, it's just he doesn't have the sensibility to reach a a broader audience other than people who just love comic books already, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. He's not. Your- favorites <laughs> no he's not one of my favorites either but I, I i enjoy him from time to yeah like like mark millar is not a guy that i i i highly recommend to to people but uh no. he's okay from time on what was your favorite moment in this movie 
Favorite moment. Yeah, that's okay. On honest to God truth, uh, it's the post Charles's passing. Oh my God. <laughs> At the truck. Yes, I thought I was gonna say the exact same thing. That's insane. Yeah. Go ahead, continue, sir. And uh, and Logan's just had this very very emotional moment, and and you as an audience, if you've bought into the film at this point, which I feel as though, mm-hmm. obviously based on the reviews and based on, you know, opinions across the internet, we're all buying in on this thing. Ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm looking at that too. I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, sitting there, I'm 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 just as enthralled in this as as logan is and i'm i'm getting that tingle i'm getting maybe a little bit weepy and and then you have that amazing emotional switch that you you do really it's almost like an indie movie moment you know that kind of flip that they do something that you see in like a coen brothers flick or something like Mm -hmm. that um and it's it's this amazing moment of like stark simple comedy with a little bit of uh a dirty vibe in there obviously you know i i have a uh I have a uh, a love for good good curse word here and there. <laughs> if for those who ever listen to our show, yeah, <laughs> that was that was absolutely my favorite moment too. It, it like it just because it not only that, but it's exactly what I would have done given that situation. I would be like, my car doesn't start. Well, then I'm all, like, well, now this is happening, and then he just starts like beating it with the shovel. <laughs> it was it was it. It rang so true to me because I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's what I would be doing right now. Good on you, Logan, in, in that, that whole scenario. I just I, I thought it was fantastic. And it's the moment that I'm looking forward to seeing again mm-hmm. most in the entire film. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a good clip on YouTube that you check every once in a while, which is just mm-hmm. him at the grave and then <laughs> smashing it. Uh, you know what I just realized is where as we were talking, how many times did Logan wake up during this movie? Yeah, he he's not he's not the the same Logan that we've come to know. Where he's it, obviously here, he it, it, it plays into the, I guess the element of, or it's supposed to play into the element of that road movie where you're waking up in different places, a little bit, you know, um, uh, of of kind of like a drug road movie kind of vibe, like you know something that. Uh, that you might have seen in the 90s was really popular. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I just... I loved that element, to mm-hmm. be clear. Um, I loved the fact that, that Laura seemed to be the most um, competent among the, the group of them and, and that everything else was, was a hardship for Logan because it made that third act so much stronger. Uh, it, it made the audience invest so much harder and you know stupid fucking chairs in in IMAX where you're kind of like leaning back Mm -hmm. by the time the third act rolled around because I was invested in this weak diminished Logan um, I was I was leaning forward that seat was was Mm -hmm. flat down and I'm leaning forward you know right up at the edge of the seat um, so involved at that point so yeah it's it's interesting to see him that way where it did almost it did have uh, a remnants of substance abuse and that's why I'm really interested to uh, hear what Danny on our our show thinks about the movie because obviously you know he's he's very open about his substance issues and mm-hmm. um I, I i thought that was a really really nice touch i thought you know again another opportunity if you're going to bring hugh jackman back let him do something different yeah you know this is going to be his farewell let him have you know have some fun and 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 explore a different dimension of the character so i really dug it yeah and and you brought up a good point about this being his farewell i i 
like I just I want to plea with whoever is involved, Fox, whoever is involved with the the X Men. Really let this be it. Like, really let this be it for, for Hugh Jackman like as Wolverine. Like, it just, we don't need any kind of, you know, coming back to, to hang out with the, you know, in, in some sort of future plot. We don't need any kind of, you know, we, we just, we don't need to see Hugh Jackman again. I thought this was a perfect ending. The way it zoomed in and, and Laura turned the, the cross into an X and, and he was just dead and there was no, like, Zack Snydery. Oh, and, you know, the the, the, the ground, like, the, the stone grave rumbled and he might still be alive. It, it just faded and said Logan for the title. I thought it was a brilliant ending in some sort of weird reverse trilogy where it got better as it went along because I don't, I'm not sure how many times it went that because... If you just look at the Wolverine trilogy, Origins is is one of the biggest you know pieces of shit you've ever seen, and then the Wolverine was not great, <laughs> but you could at least watch it, you know. And yeah. then this is an actual good film. So so personally, I really want this to be the swan song. I don't want any kind of coming back and and cheapening the memory because like this has been going on like that like the first this is seventeen years in the making, right? Like the yeah. first X Men movie came out in two thousand. Two thousand for, for God's sake, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely just don't, don't do it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And I know that there will be the temptations there because you will make tons of money if you do that, but please don't. That's all. That's all I say. Um, See, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like this movie enough no? to say really? goodbye to Hugh Jackman. Fair, I just think that I, that I still, after this fucking yeah. movie, dude, I still think that they've yet to make a movie where they, they could have, that they've done the best that they mm-hmm. could. Yeah. Uh, and and it it still felt like a movie where, you know, like you said, 17 years yeah. that we've had with this guy and every flick that he's in in this series uh, obviously performs the best of the box office. And additionally, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's him carrying the flick in terms of the mm-hmm. acting and especially with these heavyweights that are in this series, even in this film. Yes. You have you have Stephen Merchant as as a minimal character playing a, a weird interpretation of Caliban. Give you that, but yeah. you know you you have nothing but recognizable faces, all stellar performances, and yet yeah. w- for whatever reason, um, you know Hugh Jackman is just a, a rung above the rest of them, and it's still there's just these parts and this feeling to it that just like I I go home after every one of these movies thinking like oh, it could have been better. Hmm. You Patrick know? Stewart was throwing 120 miles an hour in this in this movie. Like he, yeah. he was he was fantastic. I just oh. I just think that that moment, like in, in like let's set aside how we feel about the movie because you and I yeah. appear to we appear to like it, but you know we're not 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> liking it. But I yeah. just think that that moment where she where where X23 just turns the uh, turns the cross into an X because when she did that I, I was just I kind of sat there and I was like God like I said to myself I was like God that's brilliant I wish I'd thought of that right you know I just like to, to put it in the X for the X-Men and whatnot instead of the cross and then it just slowly hovered over and maybe it's just because it might just be because of me and just because I hate Zack Snyder so much and what he's doing to my beloved DC characters and, and mm-hmm. how they did the the like rumble in, in Superman's grave. And he oh, it's like, oh, he's still alive. He's only been even though he'd only been dead for like two minutes of, of screen time. And it's just so but Matt, it works so well in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Why wouldn't you go back to that? <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh man. See, yeah, I just I just think that I just I like the fact that they didn't cheapen that moment and it was just silent and then it went to black and then it just said Logan and then it just cut into a Johnny Cash song. So I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm just a just a mark like at that. At the, maybe I'm just a just a Logan mark at that point where I'm just like, ooh, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Do you know? <laughs> I kind of agree. I kind of disagree. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that I have to. I didn't hold it against them because I chalk it up to, you know, a, an artistic liberty. But mm-hmm. uh, and I see where they're going, and it's a logical conclusion for the script. But a a lot of a lot of the script kind of played this way, like right up until the last scene where I saw it coming minutes upon minutes before it actually happened. And and I knew that that was going to happen. I knew the I literally knew that the cross was going to turn into an X before that happened. I swear to you. Mm-hmm. I even you know, no, I could there, see there's it, a yeah. handful of the moments. I knew that the, the speech from Shane was going to be the eulogy. Um, there were there were several of these moments. Uh, again, I chalk it up to artistic liberty. Uh, I didn't I didn't think that it was this like fresh revolutionary idea. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I'm having so much trouble like loving this film. Maybe that's why it's because again, like you know, I've I've seen movies like like Copland from yeah. James Mangold. I've seen you know Three Ten to Yuma. The remake was great. It was phenomenal. I actually like it better than the original. You know, talking mm-hmm. to another Western fan, um, I and, and and this feel this film just left me with the same kind of feeling that I had after uh, had after the Wolverine, where I had that same kind of like, mm, yeah, I saw that coming. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, you know, but whatever. It's, yeah, I, I like I, I give you credit because I didn't see the until she put her hands on it, and then I realized what was about to happen. I was just kind of like, oh my god, that's brilliant. But my I did have a a just based on how uh you know just based on how movie and and writing movies works and just how writing you know books and stuff work mm-hmm. they had the adamantium bullet there the entire time right and the adamantium the, the yeah adamantium i also bullet, knew that that was going in x24's exactly. head exactly was the was, yeah was the check it was the checkoff's gun of this movie right where yeah. it, it was there and it has to go off right and i completely agree yeah there was the moment where like him and x23 which i did think was a great scene where, you know, X-23 is like, you know, what is this for? And he's like, you know, I it's this. I keep it to remind me. And, he, and then he just turns and goes, I've also thought about shooting it into my own fucking head or something, which I yeah. thought was a great scene. And oh, there absolutely. Was, there was this moment of silence. And I actually went to go see this movie by myself because, unfortunately, my wife and I couldn't find the time. And I was like, like I got to go because I got to be able to talk about this on the podcast. And... So I was yeah, sitting see, next... I forced Paula to go with me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was sitting next to I was sitting next to a complete stranger, and they're having that conversation, and there's this moment of silence, and I don't turn to him, but I say out I say like out loud, but you know, not directed at anybody, but loud enough so people could hear me. I just go, they're gonna use that bullet to shoot X twenty four in the head, and that's how he's gonna be put down. And then when it gets to the when it gets to the bit where she's like loading it and then she fires it through his head, the guy turned at me and I just gave him the Michael Jordan shrug where I was like, "Told you." <laughs> like it was just not, not that it was you know I had a great fucking foresight to figure that out or anything, but yeah. it was just kind of like if, if you put two and that so that was my moment. Of, Story writing one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, that was my moment of of like, well, that it's it's there, so it has to be fired at some point in the movie, right? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. I thought the dialogue because you kind of started to touch on that was really really well done some of the best dialogue mm-hmm. um to be featured 
in these flicks by far. I really liked yeah. a lot of the exchanges, despite what, whatever you want to say about the Caliban character, whether you care about the fact that he didn't start and end every sentence with the word Caliban, or rather yeah, he didn't I, himself in the third person, if true. you care about that, yeah. um, which I don't, because no, I'm just happy to see Stephen Merchant getting a paycheck. That's what I care about. <laughs> Because I want to see him as much as possible. Yes, but <laughs> but also let's let's not pretend like like com- yeah. like comic book guys out there. Let's not pretend like we had Caliban on some high pedestal. Yeah, like we have yeah, to exactly. protect the integrity of of the the <laughs> albino Morlock Caliban. Like, come on, get out of my face with that, right? Like, yeah. like Stephen Merchant was there and it was fine. But that uh, that those scenes, for example, the just the intimate dialogue exchanges between. Uh, between Logan and between Caliban, like they mm. they were really yes. really nice moments. They were there was a little bit of a um, a home kind of dynamic to the whole thing. I I love that like a familial energy to the whole thing. Um, and it, I I haven't seen as much as all of these movies keep telling me that everyone's family. Uh, I feel as though this movie just showed me. That they're family. They just showed me through Logan's actions towards Charles. They showed me in his reluctant, um, you know, giving in to Laura, for example, uh, with a with a T-shirt, for example, or uh, okay, I'll take you there to show you that there's nothing. These sorts of things. Um, it, it, all of these things just played. They made the movie really, really intimate, which you already said. Uh, X Men Origin Wolverine. Uh, is a piece of shit. If they had made that movie as intimate intimate as this film and and cut out all the the fucking bullshit and just made it. And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot on your show. You don't no, do that. I apologize. <laughs> um, and made it a simple, you know, four to six character film mm-hmm. centered around Victor and Logan. Then you've got your movie. Um. And you you still hit all the same action beats. You still hit everything, and instead they bloated the shit out of it, which this movie yeah. didn't do. And I respect the hell out of it for that. You know, it, it made it a completely different viewing experience. So I I don't know. It's I'm up and down. Like even right now we're talking, and I'm going <laughs> up and down. Wow, this was amazing. Oh, I didn't like that so much. Yeah. So, but I mean, like the, the, this movie is bringing out in me. Yeah, you, like you talked about <laughs> X X Origins and 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 how it it was. It was too bloated. Like, they, they, yeah, there's so many problems with that. They really needed a second script with Origins because they they skipped over all the fun parts of Wolverine's Origins so that we could spend more time with like Will I Am for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I didn't understand that at all. Um, I want to say my favorite, like, like we can get into some of the performances. Like, I thought that the kid Daphne Keen, I like, I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Absolutely. considering she's child actor. The only one I like my favorite two scenes, I'll, I'll give you what I thought was her best scene. And then what I thought was unfortunately her worst scene. So we'll, we'll go with the best first. I thought that because we mentioned the, the exchange when they were talking about the adamantium bullet, I thought that her best moment in the entire film, and it actually might be just one of the top moments in the entire film was mm-hmm. when, uh, Hugh Jackman just breaks down and says, listen, you or something to the effect of, you know, you don't want me around because everybody that I care about ends up dying. Right. And then she turned to him and was like, well, then I've got nothing to worry about or whatever. But yeah, anyway, was, the, um, that, that moment I thought was brilliant, but unfortunately I thought that her weakest moment was kind of the crux of the film. And it was when she was doing the dialogue from the Shane movie over his grave. I did. I didn't feel like she brought it in, in that, 
particular moment. I thought they could have had another take of that, but that no. that's 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 critical. Uh, that's me being too critical. I think. No, you're you're not being too critical at all because uh, when the lights went up in the theater that that we were in, which mm-hmm. was packed, Paula turned to me and asked me, um, "What what the hell was she saying at the end? Mm-hmm. What was that?" Yeah, she they couldn't even understand exactly what they were clear, saying. Did they? Yeah. And I explained, and then literally two rows worth of people turned to me and went, "Oh, yeah." Because I said it was it's Shane. It's the movie they were watching in the hotel, mm-hmm. and and a room full of adults at eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, turned around and were, "Oh." <laughs> Yeah. So so clearly you're absolutely right that it it didn't play. It mm-hmm. didn't play and that's it was so important. It's the whole point mm-hmm. that she's had this journey. She's had she's had this kind of um uh not really surrogate because he is her clone father, but surrogate family entered into her li- like it enters into her life and and she's so grateful for these moments that she's absorbing every moment of it like a sponge and now these moments that have all happened over a few days have played such a huge role in her life um and then to just kind of be happy with that take uh seems kind of silly and i don't know if they re-recorded that but if for example in the studio after but i would have mm-hmm. you know if you can take a, a week to do yeah, fix it and post grunt sounds new. for for Hugh Jackman just standing there going like <clears throat> ah in front of in front <laughs> of the screen watching the film so that you can get better grunts in the action sequences. You can spend 15 minutes to get that eulogy mm-hmm. at the end of the film, the emotional crux of your film, as you already said, um, much better than I'm saying now to get that right, you know. Uh, so I 100% agree with you, totally. Yeah, because I was, I was about, she was about halfway through the speech, and I was like, "What is she saying? What is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, she's doing the Shane speech," and I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty good." <laughs> and like, I said to myself, oh, "Oh, that's pretty good," but then I was yeah. like, "But she's, yeah," I was just like, "She's not bringing it," but I'm like, "It was no. a good callback," but she wasn't. Yeah, that that was her weakest acting <laughs> moment, unfortunately, in in what I thought was was a fantastic performance by a child actor. I'll, For... I'll say that. Yeah, for anyone who has ever listened to our show, um, you uh, so Matt, you you know that I've taken a few pot shots here and there at, at Dances with Wolves, and it, uh, particularly the uh, one of the, the many great accents of Kevin Costner. Well, yeah, and also that the, the first time that he comes to the native camp, and of course they they have the interpreter who he then falls in love with. Uh, Donnie Darko's mom, I can't think of her name, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, great actress. But she delivers these very uh, broken but perfect English kind of uh, translations. It's like, he, he say, he say you are. But you're mm-hmm. speaking fine, you're just repeating the last word that you said to start a new, you know, phrasing. So you're not, you, you, you speak English fine, just speak English, it's fine. And And this film... Paula was joking after the flick was over, and I was laughing hysterically as she's playing it back. Cause she she speaks Spanish, obviously. She's of uh, uh, Peruvian descent and, and Chilean descent, so she's talking to me in Spanish, and she's doing the, the lines from the film. So she would say every all of these exchanges. Once Laura started talking, she would say it in Spanish, and then the response would be Logan, "What?" And then she would say the same thing in English. So you just added like ten minutes of runtime to your flick yeah. because every time that she has to say something, she has to say it twice pretty spanish-speaking audience and and uh so i felt bad in that moment like oh you had to listen to all the dialogue twice oh, oh no that's funny. <laughs> yeah 
It was oh, a real dance just... with wolves moment for her, and I didn't get it until after we left. Oh, man. <laughs> Where did you stand on Boyd Holbrook in this movie? Uh, you know, kind of flat. Not gonna lie to you. I, I uh, thought I thought he had a really sorry to interrupt, but like I I thought he had a really strong first hour of the movie, and then yeah. for some reason they bucked him down to henchman. Should have killed him in the truck. Yes. Caliban should have killed him mm-hmm. because otherwise that whole thing is pointless. So there's there's no rede- no real redeemer moment for Caliban, which I guess is fine. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but uh, because he's 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 invested in the characters who you've invested in, mm-hmm. you have a kind of shared connection with him peripherally. So you'd like to have that moment for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it, he. I really liked um, the delivery. Mm-hmm. Very strong. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to him. Yeah, he was doing um, some kind of like evil Matthew McConaughey thing that <laughs> that absolutely well worked. That absolutely worked, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very menacing in the first act. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, he did, he did get really, really demoted. And there was really, really no reason to even keep him around in the third act. Mm-hmm. Why... Why do you do you need him there? I don't know. Hey, question for you: Are you a are you an MMA fan at all? Uh, like I I enjoy the sport mm-hmm. uh, of MMA. My my the problem I have with MMA are the stereotypical MMA fans. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys who who get all liquored up and start fighting each other on the pay per views outside of like in like Jack Astor parking lots and whatnot. <laughs> But uh, but yeah yeah I, I I enjoy the sport. Not a huge follower of it, but but I know some names. Yeah. So why why I asked just to be clear is mm-hmm. did you notice the first uh, the first of Laura's many kills in the flick was um, a runner up on the Ultimate Fighter season something I don't know Christoph uh, Sajinsky I think is his name. Yeah he yeah, yeah. he was supposed to be like uh, he was supposed to be Mohawk I think which is yeah he was Mohawk, a yeah. low level uh, Reaver guy they they gave all the name names to all of the Reavers and and only said the name once I think like and it was in such a throwaway line too where like Richard E Grant says something like yes the Reavers aren't as delicate as <laughs> as often <laughs> and you know us comic book nerds in the co- we're in the crowd going whoa. Oh, Reavers! Right. Yeah, exactly. Much and then it, you right? see the credits roll, and you pat yourself on the back for knowing yeah, that. They before were just it was like, said. throw yeah. that in there for the fat comic book geeks. They'll love it. And it was just like, yeah. And yeah. This fat comic book geek was very happy about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just found that really funny. That all, that stuff always takes me out of out of films, mm-hmm. when, especially when you're going for a film like this. And I'm not saying that you have to get you know bring in the finest classically trained talent because obviously you know not every film can be filled with say for example Clint Eastwoods and Lee Van Cleefs or these sorts of things right like you know the these archetypal performances mm-hmm. uh for for the role particularly nowadays but i just every time they went to the reavers i was always like it it it, it felt they they felt like a foreign element in the film i understand they should have been mm-hmm as anonymous as possible and also the fact that that guy does have some some you know from my perspective me being kind of not the jack astor's meathead you were referring to he kind of fits that role i think a little bit maybe more than i do but yeah uh, but like um uh, you know a love for 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 mma um particularly jujitsu on a personal level um seeing that 
seeing him in there was kind of like uh, hey moment yeah. hey this isn't an actor in a film so this guy's gonna die in like 10 exactly, minutes yeah. you know he's trying to get his career going on the back of logan because a bunch of people are going to see this and he can be guy who got killed number one because no one's like oh i played mohawk yeah academy award to christoph whatever yeah he, but could, just... he, could, he could be Ra- <laughs> he could be randy couture in the in the expendable six though or whenever but that, that made comes sense along, right? because yeah. it's that kind of flick you know yeah. this this isn't this is a simple minimalist it should have been a, more of a road movie mm-hmm. it is but it should have been even more but I, I don't know. It felt really awkward. Some of the casting in general kind of did. Well, my guess but... is they someone on the set was most likely an MMA fan like yourself, and and yeah. so we need to get a big guy here, like a guy who's just because he was a big dude, right? And and oh looked, yeah, and he is like, a big dude. Yeah, he, he was a big dude, and like and like like built like a brick shit house, obviously. Yeah, and, I wouldn't want to run into him in an alley. Exactly, and then all or of even in a Walmart. Yeah, and you're putting giant gear on him, so he looks you know twice as big. And then all of a sudden, because I don't think they gave that guy a line, right? So, and I yeah, I think he nodded. <laughs> yeah, and I assume based on his name, English is probably his second language. Uh, so he was just there to look big and mean and menacing, which he absolutely pulled off. And then it was like all of a sudden, uh, Daphne Keene was like bowling his head across the deserts of El Paso, right? And it was just like whoa, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that that was just for the people who who. Who didn't, you know, know who X twenty three is just to establish this is how much shit she can fuck up, right? And, and yeah, so she... awesome she is. Yeah. Um. Do you want an X twenty three movie going forward? That's a hard one. I really liked her in this film. I think that she can carry a film, but um. I think there still needs to be a crossover with a recognizable brand in order to push it through. I really do. Um, also, the chronology is so messed up at this point. She's literally <laughs> existing at a time where there's no mutants, the way that they've done it. Yeah. Or rather, there there's a handful of, of mutants that, you know, yeah, absolutely, you can source, but um, it, it, it would seem it would seem pretty... The other thing that the problem is with this entire series is, okay, who's going to be your villain? Because if you say another evil scientist, I'm literally checking out. Because I went to this movie for Hugh Jackman at this point, because every other X-Men flick produced by Fox at this point has been evil scientist. Even, even the first one, where they basically made Magneto into an evil scientist. And then after that, they just made every fucking movie an evil scientist. Even the side, the the spin-off flicks, and it's just I can't do another evil scientist. And if you haven't got many mutants left, yeah. what's what's what are we doing here? Because that's a very good point by you. Because I, I was in while you were mentioning those things, I was going through who they got left on the roster, and the biggest name they got left is Mister Sinister, who is a hundred percent an evil scientist. Mutant. He just he's he's a mutant who is basically an evil scientist. So yeah. you're right. So I was just. It's kind of going through the roster there, and then I was like, "Well, what are some of the good?" Because I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm like ninety percent certain that the the next X Men project in effect, or at least whatever is being talked about, is a Dark Phoenix, yeah, plot, which I have no confidence that they'll get right. Um, well, they've already kind of went down the wrong path because it's so much yeah. more interesting to think about the Phoenix as a separate entity. Exactly, yeah. As a foreign entity in, in, in Gene. Now they've already revisited the exact same thing that they did that kind of limited uh, uh, their options that came with you know Famke Jensen's performance 
you know, so so what do you, what are you doing here? Like we're we're mm-hmm. we're really not we're limiting ourselves to Earth for one. Well, yeah, and, we're, and I don't really want to go into space with the X Men anyway, to be honest. No, with you. I never but, liked when they went into space in the comic book. Oh, you're not a Star Jammers fan? Come on. Oh no, I do love the Star <laughs> I Jammers. I want to do the original Phoenix. Saga. I do love the Star Jammers <laughs> and their weird cat lady who fought and whatnot, and and Scott's dad was in space, and and yep. it was all good stuff. But I mean, like. It's, you know, the, the X-Men at heart are supposed to be an amalgamation about, you know, like racism and, and you know, uh, you know, gay bashing. Sexual you know, preferences. Sexual all preferences. Things, they're, all, yeah. they're all supposed to be like about, you know, preaching tolerance and whatnot. And then all of a sudden we're in space. It's It, it kind of, you know, pulls back the curtain on what the hell's going on here? Why are the X-Men in space? And it's, yeah, but how yeah. amazing is that? Those panels with uh, those were Jean as a, as so a child drawn, when, though, her, when her when uh, her friend gets hit by the car and mm-hmm. she, you know, she's done. She gets she has that strong psychic mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. is nearly dying with her. And the Phoenix sensing her power like brings her back to life. Yes. I'm getting goosebumps talking about those panels. I'm ta- talking oh, yeah, about panels in a comic moments. that I read when I was a child, yeah. dude. Um, I would love to see that on, on screen. And that is one of those classic X-Men opening sequences. Mm-hmm. That's For me, they could make that right up there with that first Magneto sequence in the first film that just set the tone for basically really every superhero film that's come out since. That, you know, put a really strong um, you know, pressure on them to be out of the gate full force um, because of the, the strength of that scene. And I think that that would be another one of those for this new era of X-Men. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I see your point. Yeah, if, if I mean, if, if you ask me to, to write, to pen, pen the, the, the bullet points of the script for an X-23 movie right now off the top, top of my dome piece, uh, where I would go with it is... I, I, first off, I'd age X-23 up to be like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17. I'd want her to be a little bit older. I wouldn't want her to be a 10-year-old. Um, and then I would call it like The Last Mutant. Like that would be the title of my film. And, and it would be, she she would be the last one that was alive. And she was trying to prove if there were, you know, others while still trying to solve her own. Like, although I guess they didn't really do the mysterious back thing. Because we got, we got pretty much her her whole yeah. background in that weirdly uh... amazing production on that cell phone oh, video multiple, by the way multiple amazing camera angles and, well, I, oh man well, it was 2029 so there was a very good chance that it was like the iphone 14 so yeah. oh okay so, so you got the been, editor built in yeah, yeah okay. they might have had the editor built in and the voiceover <laughs> allowing, allowing her to do voiceover multiple camera angles the whole nine right like it zoom ins the framing it was enchanting it was absolutely enchanting uh <laughs> That's the biggest plot hole in that movie. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ironically, yeah. also that video. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and and then I would do like I don't know, like a like a Rambo First Blood type thing with with X twenty three, where it was you know the government's coming after her and she's got to run around trying to track them down. That those are just the bullet points off. Yeah, the top it's like of my she's head. she's a pe- she's a peaceful mutant just trying mm-hmm. to make it to some remnants of yeah. some person that she maybe has known as a child mm-hmm. in this film or something like that. Very reminiscent. Of, of of a Rambo film. Yeah. Would you shoot it in Hope BC as well? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Yeah. I mean, like the, the do it. The I mean, the X Men in Canada are like you can't see me. I'm crossing my fingers, but they're like this. They're like that. They're like, like the an X. Canada. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're they're <laughs> there. What, what did you think of comic books as a plot device in this movie? 
I liked it. I really did. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was interesting, um, and it felt it felt familiar. I I know I've seen it in something before where there's uh, there's legitimate cues coming through this propaganda material or what have you that that's actually you know kind of um, it, 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 one thing that I would have loved, um, but I also love that they didn't do it. Just to be clear is um is to have kind of an underground railroad feel to it for the mutants where they are pushing out these x-men comics and it and it is actually kind of a a classified ad that if you can read between the lines this is how you get to safety as a mutant that would be pretty pretty rad Hmm. um and and there was so many up like there were so many things that i almost feel like the team behind this film uh right across the board so you know whether you're talking about james mangold or scott frank or anyone involved in 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 the writing process i'm trying to think of of who else was involved in it. i apologize because i'm totally drawing a blank and that's embarrassing i think michael green has a screenwriting credit on it too if i'm not mistaken but in any case i don't have it up or now i do michael green there you go good yeah, memory good uh, <laughs> but uh I, there there were so many times when I was watching this flick, so say, for example, The Farmhouse, and I was thinking, oh, you know what would be really cool if they just didn't kill this family? But I know that they are. Oh, wait, maybe they aren't. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, you knew. Once Eric LaSalle showed up and they were like, yeah, they, 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 the wife was like, would you like to come for dinner? And then mm-hmm. <laughs> Professor X was like, we'd love to. I was like, no, <laughs> they're so going to get Don't killed. do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah but it some... would have been so amazing if they got through that moment mm-hmm. without killing. Them. It was just like they got up and were like, have a nice day and left. Yeah. yeah. That would have been amazing. That would have been it, it, it would have worked so well. Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing with the comic book thing that I'm talking about. I had this aching hope. Like I'm really, really hoping that they're reading this stuff off the comic book pages as, as kids and interpreting it correctly. And all this remnants of the old mutants that still exist that Charles hasn't, you know, mm-hmm. gone crazy on, um, can find their way to safety and to a utopia. Uh, it, it, it would, it's a really kind of cool idea, but then again, it's an ambitious one. And how do you visually present that? So you almost don't want them to get there. You want it to be an I Am Legend kind of thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those those comics weren't real, by the way. They were made up for the, the movie. But yeah, the pages weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, Joe Casada apparently drew those, though. There's an interesting, uh, interesting little tidbit. It was it was very reminiscent of the first season of Heroes. I don't know. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I really dig that show. Yeah, really... first se- first season was fantastic, and then it 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 just dove off a cliff after that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, where they were basically where I remember Hero that the Japanese dudes were reading the comic books from the guy who could predict the future, and he was predicting the future through the comic books, and it it, it reminded me of that where they were like we're using the comic books to tell us what to do next and stuff like that. It was it was it was pretty good. Do you have where, where does Logan rank? Let's let's we'll, we'll do this twice. Where first? <laughs> where does it rank all time? for you among the X-Men films among the X-Men films yep including Deadpool and if you must include Deadpool you can include Deadpool yes gotta hate Deadpool we'll get to Deadpool in a second because I assume you also got the Deadpool opening 
Yeah, but it was a little bit different from the one that's showed online. Or I didn't even watch the one online. Yeah. I, I I avoid Deadpool whenever I can. Didn't have the Baywatch music in it. Just had the Superman music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know you have a, a bad like you don't like that era of like '90s humor in general, right? Something to that effect, if I recall correctly. From... I. It's just so lowbrow. Like it, yeah. it's so family guy it's it's so two and a half man it's so two broke girls it's it's just it's easy it's easy it requires no effort to write this and it was just like oh here's like look how clever we're being ryan reynolds mm-hmm. is you know trying to get changed in the photo booth but he's not and then you know he's he's taking forever and this guy's getting mugged and oh look he's doing a press ham against the window of the photo booth that's so funny oh and also on the photo booth, we wrote says Nathan. Nathan Summers yeah. is coming, but we wrote coming with a U. Oh man, look how funny and clever we are. I mean, where do they get their stuff, Brandon? I would <laughs> never. I could live a thousand years, and I would never write a joke as funny as writing the, the Cherry word. Garcia was the worst one for me in the trailer, oh, which I didn't God. mind. Just writing the word coming and then replacing it with a U. It's just fuck Deadpool. It's so lowbrow. I mm. hate, hate, hate Deadpool. Have never and will never see the Deadpool movie. The only way I see it is if Ryan Reynolds comes to my house personally with a copy and hands me a like a briefcase with half a million dollars or something in it and was like, all right, Matt, we're going to sit here and watch this. That's the only way I would watch Deadpool because, God, I hate it. I hate it so really? much. It's, 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 I try not to be that. <laughs> I try. I really yeah, you just... try. You not went dark be, there, my yeah, friend. I Holy I shit. I really try not to be that guy, but Deadpool <laughs> just fucking brings it out in me. Because it's just so easy and lowbrow, and it gets so much love for... for and Like, there's real people out there, Brandon, trying to do real shit and putting effort into, into writing and movies and stuff. And then Deadpool comes by and makes a bunch of fart jokes and makes, like, a billion dollars or whatever. God, it just pisses me off. Uh, anyway, well, that, that's my rant for the, for the podcast. Okay, we'll, we'll, yeah. Uh, Can I retort yeah. quickly? Oh, yeah, or... go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Okay, because I'm, I'm actually a Deadpool fan, to be clear. And I know that's we've fine. talked There's about this when you were on, no you were on uh, my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my show. There's 20 people on my show this year, and I, I just <laughs> said it again. My show. Our show. Communal mm-hmm. show. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I, I've always had a, a fondness for Deadpool because... Um, I do like, I like the humor in the violence and I know that sounds really weird, but it's the same reason. It's the same attraction that I have to say, for example, uh, old splatter films or, um, in a similar vein to that, say for example, something like evil dead, which is kind of a splatter film, but not right. Not really. We, you know, made that reference before. Um, and, and so, some of some of those uh, the humor and the violence is compelling to me. Also, I, I think um, that that you're you you see you're absolutely right in your interpretation of say for example those simple jokes because they never miss an opportunity to make those one level really soft like underhand throw kind of jokes. Mm-hmm. But conversely, they do because they have such a high volume of jokes. Sometimes when you when you have, say, for example, a multi-layered joke, the way that a classic Simpsons episode would, where there's several ways to interpret a joke, you can laugh at a surface level, you can laugh uh, at that and the you know opposing view, or you can laugh because the character saying it is also an idiot, or what have you. You know, I'm referring to the epidermal, uh, the epidermis joke. 
specifically. Like, there's three ways to interpret that joke. Exactly, and yeah. You, yeah, your epidermis is showing. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the, the I understand the fandom. I really do. And, and the film may be executed about 10% of, of what I love about Deadpool. My love my, for Deadpool also comes from his crossovers with uh, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, his crossover is the, the, yeah, some the of that stuff was, was, yeah, like the, yeah. the, the one, uh, where, uh, with chameleon where he puts on the, the Spider-Man costume and leaves Peter Parker in a closet somewhere and mm. goes and hunts for a chameleon. That's a great comic. And, and the same can be said. I really like, uh, Dreadpool. I like the, the whole kills the Marvel universe. I think that's really cool because the humor in that comes from him going like, do none of you guys see that you like, he literally fights Logan twice in that mm. comic. And it's like, I already killed you. Is nobody getting this? Mm-hmm. So that kind of, if they played a little bit more with that, I think even they might even be able to sway someone like you who's not a Deadpool fan over to that side. If, you know, if if they can somehow make this crazy uh, larger than life personality, the rational one mm-hmm. with his 10 different voices, um, you know, then then I think they could do real, something really cool. Also, I have no idea why he hasn't killed anyone from the film crew yet. We we sat through that movie and he did not kill one director, one grip, one anything. He should have been throwing stuff at them. He should have been talking to them. He should have had the camera turning. Like there should yeah. have been a lot of stuff happen like that. It um, should have been space balls when uh, get a little gum on the screen. Come yeah. on. Well, it should have been space balls when when yeah, exactly. Miranda slices one of the like boom mic guys and goes like, oh, he did it right. Like hmm. you know exactly that mm-hmm. that that could work, and and would work really beautifully. But yeah. It, it, so I rank Deadpool pretty decently, although I will also concur every time that I watch it, I like it less. Yeah. I really liked it when I first saw it, and I like it less every time mm. because it's also not the Deadpool that I know from the comics. The biggest problem I have with him is his overt uh, heterosexuality. Yeah, like, what the fuck is that? Is. He's literally whimpering in that movie when she's pegging him. Deadpool that I know would be loving that. Yeah. I'm sorry. He'd be having a great time. <laughs> You know, yeah. But I mean, he's fucked death. Sorry to all the kids listening. (laughs) What's pegging, mom? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Still haven't seen that movie, but god damn it, man. Well, let me ask you this. So, sorry, you want me to answer that question? By the way, mm -hmm. it's number two. Number two. Under under first class. Under first class. So you have first class ranked number one. Uh, Yeah. I have. Where do you have X two ranked? Ah. Because X2 is my personal favorite. That's just why, I, why I'm asking. I think oh, but my, my three now are First Class, Logan, and, and X2. Yeah? Yeah, I think those are my three. In that order? Uh, no, I might go X2. Just because I, really th- I really like Brian Cox's performance. And, and the, the evil scientist <laughs> guy had not quite been... They, they had not beaten that into the ground just yet, as you, you mentioned earlier in this pod. <laughs> <laughs> you actually mentioned I was like, "Hey, that was a real like, hey, he's right." Moment when when you said that, it's like it has been all evil scientists. It's ridiculous. If everyone can just manipulate the you know the X Men into creating all kinds of crazy stuff, like every time there's a mutant, just like give me some blood and I'll make my own mutant. Damn it! Yeah. You know this. You're not making Coca Cola here. Like yeah. you're making people. Mm-hmm. This is harder than just you know. It's not some guy in a basement with. You know, a, a couple of beakers making mutants. 
but in any case, it's it's it should be. They sh- I understand having mutants in there, but they should all or or evil scientists in there. But they've also got to be able to branch out and realize that these people are literally just people. Because every time you go to the evil scientist thing, like you were saying earlier, it negates the the value of of that um, that level of acceptance that we should all have. Like they're just people, just like us. They can just do really cool shit. You know, um, now you're saying, oh, we could literally make these freaks in a test tube if we wanted to. Yeah. Like it's making them into the elephant man. Rest in peace, John Hurt. Um, rather than making them into, uh, you know, just another like your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating. But um, I wouldn't put X. Oh, maybe I would put it third. Oh, I don't know. That's hard. I go first class at the top. I think it's the most movie-ish of these movies. Yeah, uh, felt like a movie. That. <laughs> and then um and also i got a total michael fassbender crush like he's oh. he's number two under idris elba like yeah total I'm, man I, i've been a on- staunch ho- ho- i'm still holding on to my fassbender stock from like inglorious bastards so yeah yeah, yeah. totally totally you know let's forget about 300 but other than that he's <laughs> great yeah but um yeah I, class is, is up there for me and then i i'd go logan next which mm-hmm. i've already said isn't great and i'm i'm struggling because i love that mission impossible style train sequence in uh in the wolverine that I, was the best moment of that film by by a country mile i think yeah, the, yeah that was it well handled. could yeah like it could just be i don't know like it could that alone would be like all right you know, you you win best movie, you know, mm-hmm. for me because it's so cool and and also I love seeing like w- w- uh, Logan in Nagasaki, yeah, grocery shopping, you know, and moving tree logs for people and stuff like mm-hmm. that's is cool. It's already another dimension that uh, that again we're seeing that now, which is why I have Logan at two because we get to see a character that we love in a different light, and I think that the Wolverine. Um, had that same thing that effect on me when I did see it, despite coming out of the theater after that third act being a little eh. Also, the arrow scene was great; it reminded me a lot of Hero. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I'm regurgitating a lot of content that we talked about on our. <laughs> That's all right. Go for panel. it. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that would be my that would be my three. I think I, I think I would concur with you. X two. It's yeah. not Wolverine's not good enough. Yeah. That'd be my number three. X two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have X2 as my number one, I think. But if, if someone were to say, as you just did, that First Class is your favorite X-Men film, I, I have not going to argue it. That, that Lois Grossing. That's a damn fine film. Yeah, yeah. Can't, you know, no accounting for taste. No accounting yeah. for taste, man. You know what's really messed up? What's Do you know what the third highest grossing in uh, in North America, uh, yeah, North America, I think, like domestic box office mm-hmm. in the entire series is? I am going to guess X-Men Origins Wolverine. No, no, worse. X three. Yeah. Oh god. I yeah. They got my fifteen. But Brett Ratner got my fifteen bucks for that or whatever it was. Yeah. I have never seen that. I watched that in the theaters. Threw up in my mouth. And I have. I have, honestly. I haven't seen a single frame mm. of of that movie since. And that movie came out in the, at least a decade ago. I'd say. So I've I've done a pretty good job avoiding any kind of like X three. The only way I would watch X three is if we were watching it for a uh, commentary again and then it would like, I'd like to hear I'd like the, to hear you guys do that one the yeah. commentary would just be me crying the entire time <laughs> like where did I why did it all how did it go so wrong oh god well 
Is there anything else you want to mention uh, about the film? Anything off the top of your dome piece that uh, I feel like we covered this uh, pretty sufficiently, but if there's anything you feel like we forgot, feel free to throw it out there. Yeah, I... As a final thought, I suppose I'll just throw out there that I, I had... I had invested very strongly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubled down on this film in terms of... I was very much hoping that this was going to be one of these films for comic book film that was going to transcend the the title of uh, comic book film. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to hear people saying comic book film when they referred to this flick. I didn't want to discuss its merits as strictly a comic book mm-hmm. film. And subsequently, I find myself doing that now. Mm-hmm. And it's disheartening to me because, you know, as a comic book fan... Um, growing up like big time, you know, uh, it, it, it hurts me that, that it, that there's so much weight on the idea of these films being summer blockbusters when I know that there is the material there, not even just in superhero comics, but in all sorts of comics, um, to, to transcend into true, you know, artistic, um, you know, uh, emotionally resonant pieces and 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 that they also exist with superheroes and i think that it's really um important that people understand that this is a story just like any other kind of story and and i i had really really strong hopes that this would be the film that kind of reaffirmed that to the average film goer and i just i'm really sad that i don't think it is i i i I think i disagree i gotta say i felt like this acted like I felt like, because your biggest complaint, I think it feels like this didn't feel like a movie movie to you. Well, am, no. I, am I getting that, am I getting that, am I reading that properly? I'd like to see what, if, if they do a longer cut or mm-hmm. another cut, and I know a longer cut, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But the, there's something wrong with the editing. I mentioned like even the sound editing seemed really, like, or rather the mixing, my mm-hmm. apologies, seemed really like front heavy loud uh back and like sparse which again plays into the emotions you've established all these you know triggers and and your audience if they've suspended disbelief all these things i totally understand mm-hmm. but um i feel as though they had a western on the pages mm-hmm. i feel as though they had a road movie on the page and and they had a simple surrogate family story on the page and then somehow between what was in that script and what made it to or you know to the screen um it wasn't that uh and i don't know if that was in editing i don't know if that was you know during the filming process i don't know where it is i wouldn't put the the weight on james mangle because i've literally seen him make films that have the kind of emotional resonance that I'm looking for. Obviously, he doesn't have a huge filmography as a director, but he does have pieces in there, like, you know, Girl Interrupted, for example. It's like, you know, um, very emotionally resonant. And and Copland, as I've mentioned, like 15 times, because it's a great flick, and probably Sylvester Stallone's best acting performance by far. Um, I just, there's something about this flick that just... I got to give it another watch. Maybe it's like yeah. maybe I have Jerry Maguire syndrome, where I'm going to like it better every time I see it. That's that's what I was going to say. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a future prediction, and I'm going to say that the second time you see this film, like when it comes out on Netflix or whether you purchase a physical copy, even though physical media is dead, 
whenever you see this the second time, I think you're going to be like, I think you're going to be on board. That's what mm. I'll say. I think you'll be on board the second time. Like that, that'll be my, like, well, I'm down. on board because Hugh yeah. Jackman's a dude. Oh, like, I'm going to watch this 15 more times yeah. because he's that, 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 unfortunately the Wolverine has grown three feet mm. over the last 18 years or 17 I'm years in my mind and, and, yeah. and gotten really handsome. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm and can fine sing. with that. Like he always had the look though. Like when, when we first saw him, like, like, like they, cause there, there is a bit of revisionist history on that. And that, you know, irritated the crap out of me a little bit when the talk came out again, that it was just like, cause you know, Wolverine's supposed to be like what? Five, two or something. Like yeah. That. It's like, he's not supposed to be a, a, an imposing, you know, like just like when you look at him, you, you wouldn't immediately be afraid of him cause he's five, two, but yeah. you know, then he, he can beat the crap out of you. And Hugh Jackman's what? Six feet tall. He's, he's not like he's a six, three, six, three. Okay. So that would be tall, tall. Yeah. But, uh, either way, he's tall, and like I'm fine with it. Like let, let's not forget how that when they started this in 2000s, how wrong they were always getting it with a lot of the comic book movies, right? And then all of a sudden we had this film, and it was like, here's the guy we've got playing Wolverine, and you saw him with the chops and the hair, and it was just like, damn, that actually looks like Wolverine. And then they were like, well, he's a foot taller than he's supposed to be, and I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. They can, you know, use camera tricks and stuff, right? The, they'll know what to do. But like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like the revisionist history on on Hugh Jackman being like six three and people trying to tear. He's him six down two. Is my apologies. Yeah, I just looked it up. <laughs> Close enough. But like, I just didn't like the revisionist history of people saying, oh, you know, he's six two or whatever. And it's like, who gives a bleep? He looks the part and he he could act a lick. That was all I yeah. cared about in in two thousand, right? The other cat that they cast um, initially, Dougray Scott, he's tall too. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just if, a movie if, thing. if it was they him anyway, it would have been the same right? thing. Yeah. Well, but you know, tall actors is a new thing and a, and a rare thing. Even in the old olden days, you know, you look at not not everyone was Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. You know, because Steve McQueen um, was like only five eight or something. Well, not five eight, but I think he was he wasn't I a tall was, dude, was he? Yeah, five nine, five ten. Yeah. yeah. So and like Steve McQueen is one of the greatest badasses of all time, right? So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's you know, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. Th- those sorts of things don't matter to me. Like he, the point I was just making with that, and I really mm-hmm. do want to hear, you know, because you're saying you it should be more, of a, or it, I'm going to enjoy it more. I really want to hear more in your thoughts on that. But no, um, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I didn't care about any of that. He's like he is Wolverine for me now, and it's going to be. It's. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch this a million times just because I'm. I. I want to relive the last 17 years of experiences that I've had with this actor in this role, um, regardless of the value of the film, which I do think. I. You know, I put it at like 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like I hate the film. No. I just was really hoping that it was that 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know. Yeah. It's. And it I is, just don't know if it is. It is a little inflated because I'm. I'm sitting around at like an 85. I think on this movie, 90. The 92 is definitely inflated. I'll, mm. I'll say that. I don't know where that's coming from. I think it's just because it, it's a good Wolverine movie, and the other two were just atrocious. I, mm. Well, I mean, like the Wolverine had had some moments, but Origins is is just a, a colossal mistake. And uh, but m- one of my favorite depictions of Deadpool of all time. Um, <laughs> that, that's but the I'm... thing. That's the thing about that movie is of all the horrible things I would ever want to do to Deadpool if I got to write him, even I would never do anything that cruel, right? As mm. to what they did to him in that movie. I was just like, good <laughs> lord. I am the only one who is enjoying this take on Deadpool. I guarantee you that. Uh, 
Yeah, I just I I I, I like the uh, the only reason I I don't know why I have nothing to base base this on. I just think I I feel like this the second third time you 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 watch the flick I I because I I get the sense you're looking for a reason to to like it as opposed to looking for a reason to uh to not like it more than more or less than you already do. So I it's I, just I, yeah. sorry, so I just feel like the second you 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 watch it the second time you're gonna be like. Yeah, that was that was that was good. You're gonna be like, just that was good. Yeah, and 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 I really do like it. To be clear, yeah. I'm I'm we're, somewhat we're, we're playing talking, devil's advocate to yeah. you here. Mm. Um, not you know, you watch, you'll listen to my uh, you know our episode on it <laughs> next week. You'll be like, he fucking lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I I really did like it. It's just mm-hmm. it, it came down to a situation where I felt so it was a movie that didn't know what it was. And I, I felt like it was very clear about what it was on the page. Mm-hmm. It was very clear in these intimate moments in the film. I kept getting these glimpses of these kind of this magical world that I very much wanted to be a part of. And then it would just disappear for me. And, and I, you know, maybe it was just the uncomfortable seats in the IMAX. I don't know. <laughs> that could do it, too. I haven't been to an I Like, I've never been to see a movie in IMAX. Does it does it add to the? Uh... Oh, it's just bigger. Yeah. Is bigger better? Yeah. I don't know. But, I have to do it one time. Have you done uh, Have you done uh, D box yet for a movie? No, no. We had a conversation about this, and uh, you know, in private, not not in the public forum. Yeah. yeah, I I I don't know as I as I will be, but I want to do it. You know what I'm going to do it with? I'm going to do it with this like seven hour Fast and the Furious movie yes, that's coming out. Absolutely. Oh, I was just going to suggest if you do it yeah. for any movie, do it for something stupid like Fast oh, and the yeah. Furious. New trailer came out today. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. Woo! I am so excited. Apparently, we're getting. <laughs> apparently, this is. Uh, they're going to do eight, nine, and ten, and then that's going to be it. And I feel like ten is is the perfect. That's amount. going to be it. Yeah. Oh that, that's no! What, they, what that's are we going to do? Claimed. That's what they've claimed. the The ironic part of this one, it's not really ironic, but it's unfortunate. More the thing, if we could just completely veer off topic here for a second. Why not? Um. Yeah. Just steer into the skip. Uh. <laughs> it, it, the thing that sucks is because like the way they've set it up is. At the end of the last film, Paul, they were like, let Paul Walker go, man. He's got to go to his family life, right? And then in this movie, for whatever reason, Dominic Toretto has turned on the team. And then it's just like, when they do all those scenes where they're like, we're going to need some help. And they get like Jason Statham out of prison. And it's like, why would you need Jason Statham? Yeah, you have Paul Walker. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. the thing where we'd be like, oh my God, it sucks so bad. Like, it's, like it was already terrible that Paul Walker was dead. And now it sucks even worse because it would make such a good plot point of we got to go back and get get Paul Walker to save Tom. You know, yeah. it'll be the one to bring him to his senses. And then I would just be in the theater going, yeah, get Paul Walker. It'll be awesome. And, and unfortunately, it, it, it won't go down like that. So, God, yeah. unless they do some sort of CGI uh, Paul Walker, which I just. No, please not, don't. No, please don't. Please don't do that. Oh, man. That'd be so good though. But yeah, I did the D box for Doctor Strange. It was uh, it was something else. I mean, I, yeah. I I don't think I'd ever do it again. But it, it's 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 uh, it's fun to do once. I, you know I what do I do want to do is the uh, the three screens, like the the complete immersion. They go around the side as well. Oh, I haven't like, seen that. Yeah, yeah. Like they There's got a couple screen, theaters like down here, like downtown, that, that, that do it. And like, so Star Trek was in in that. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say a space movie format, would be yeah. a sci-fi movie would be would be good. Like that Alien Covenant movie might be might be good to take in the three screen experience. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for the next one that I'm really into that does it. Maybe Blade Runner, but that's just going to be oh, dark. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe Star Wars, but I don't know. I wouldn't. Star Wars already makes. No, oh, I don't. Money. I yeah, I don't want to mess with that. Wars. I really don't. I just want to see it 2D. I want to enjoy the film. Yeah. You know the way I always have. I have like a, a real ritual about those films at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I understand that. All right. What are we uh, talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Logan. Uh, actually, I'm going to ask you, uh, tell them where they can find you, Brandon. All right, so uh, you can find our podcast at MoviesFromMyLife.com. Uh, you can check us out again on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, uh, Pocket Cast we found out we were on. Uh, wherever podcasts are heard, you can find us there. And if you can't find us, uh, reach out to us at Mermel Podcast on Twitter, at MRML Podcast. And uh, we'll make sure that we get there so that you can listen to us. And, uh, yeah, tell us what movies we should talk about, uh, you know. And, Matt, I hope you have me back. I hope I didn't cuss too much on the show. Oh, and I absolutely. hope you come back you'll lots to back. our show because we love having you on. Yeah, you'll de- you'll, you'll definitely be back. We'll, we'll find something out. Because this was a long time coming. I was just trying to find. The problem, you are smart where you plan your stuff out ahead of time. Me, I just, I fly by the seat of my pants and I'm like, hope I got something to talk about this week. And, you know why uh, I do it, though? It's because, well, to be completely transparent <laughs> no i actually like I, you know i i struggle pretty hard with depression sometimes and like i've actually like i'm doing really well now uh yeah. to be completely honest and uh and and movies were my life in the first place was kind of a conduit for me to kind of mm-hmm. get a lot of my friends at you know uh back into my life after you know disappearing for eight ten months and you know so it's kind of funny like when we we're all kind of exercising demons you know we're grown-up people with you know life and and responsibilities and these sorts of things we come together to joke around and drink coffee and make you know poop jokes and stuff Mm -hmm. while talking about movies now but yeah so i do all of that because i don't trust myself to like if i have the option of staying in bed with the blinds closed mm-hmm. or 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 getting up and and doing it i kind of have to go with how much energy i have so i do that you know mm-hmm. way in advance so that in december when i you know i'm i'm just in a real bad place i can put focus to like family and things mm-hmm. that matter and just coast on on autopilot with normal and also because I, I know people get pissed if we don't release a show like we didn't this week, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I'm already getting tweets like and, and private messages, a lot of private episode. messages. Yeah. yeah, where's the episode? You said that there was a Wolverine episode. It's like yeah. it's coming Friday. Like, give me a break, man. Yeah. Like we release on Wednesday. You can re- you can wait two more days. Like, give me a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. Yeah, because uh, that was one of the main reasons I started this pod as well was to. Uh, well, first off, I feel better just saying, like, once I say something on this pod, I'd be like, okay, I've said that about this, and now I can forget it forever. I don't have to let it stew inside my, my crazy brain. And also, I moved away from a lot of my friends and whatnot, so it was a way for us to reminisce about, because we do football and whatnot on, on yeah, this, and yeah, it was yeah. a way for us to talk about gambling and, and talk about our Stay interests. connected, so, yeah. Absolutely, way to stay connected. Oh. Love it. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing when you have people reach out to you, like how how we met each other is is, is exactly that, like listening to each other's shows and mm-hmm. stuff, and 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 that's uh, that's that's technology. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty absolutely. cool, man. It's, it's what the it's it's one of the rare good things about the internet <laughs> that can exist out there with all the, the horrible the, stuff uh, out there. What is the line from hackers? We demand access to free information or <laughs> yeah. free access to information. Yeah. Oh God, I gotta revisit hackers. We should do a hackers pod. We should do a hackers commentary or something. I would something. listen. We've got to do a commentary. Repeat. 
Yeah, we've got to do a commentary sometime. We've got to do a cross promotion. Like, I, I got to get some of the guys from my pod to come to to your place or something and do a uh, yeah, 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 That'd a be commentary. Dead. Maybe that's the barbed wire commentary. In the <laughs> we'll see. I've never actually seen it. We did this huge panel, uh, you know, and that was the only that was the only one I've never seen. It, and I said it on the show because I felt so bad. It is. As I really want to now. Terrible. Uh, I, I hope it's as terrible as I remember. There's no way it's 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 better than I remember it. Let's say that. Like I haven't seen it in in years, and and the, the only reason I watched it at the time was because it, it came out in an area where there was no internet pornography, and <laughs> Pam Anderson was promised to take her top off in that movie, and it happened like right at the beginning. And like so that movie is one of the Teenage rare movies. Boys, man. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not gonna apologize for it, but that that that. <laughs> that movie was like bar- barbed wire that that it honestly it peaks 30 seconds into the film it <laughs> peaks 30 seconds in and then the rest is just glorious glorious trash i would i would i, I know some of the guys would be down for doing that we, we might have to hook that up in the future uh looking forward to it crossover podcast available on itunes and soundcloud soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast you're available on way more stuff i gotta step my pod game up uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the crossover podcast. Uh, please go to iTunes, rate and subscribe. Uh, we, we, we like to rate some subscribe. And as always, uh, you don't have to listen, but uh, please download. <laughs> That's really all I care about. You don't have to listen, but please download. Uh, so that'll be it for this week for the crossover podcast. But uh, there will definitely be no shortage of Matt Pierce because I will be guest starring on your pod soon enough. Oh, and it's going to be wicked. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Very. It's going to be like I don't want to oversell it, but it's going to be a good one. Oh and, yeah. And uh, what else do we got coming up for me? Oh, we got uh, March Madness starts. Uh, Craig, Craig will be back on. We're going to do our March Madness pool and try to make up for our embarrassing, embarrassing performance last week. And the finale of The Bachelor is next week, so we'll be we'll be talking about the 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 final episode we're gonna find out who 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 falls in love once and for all because of course as always with the bachelor they stay together forever brandon yeah man yeah they never break up (laughs) that's how it works it's happily ever after on the bachelor Uh, can i just quickly plug while you guys are talking about march madness we're gonna be having mermal madness over mm -hmm. with us where we're talking about 90s action films this year we did 80s action films last year and we got our 90s action film tournament coming this year I gotta say, who who was it? I think it was I think it was I think it was Anthony or, yeah. or Anthony who who was be, beating the Predator drum for when it got to the final two. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, the right movie won. Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard. I'm sorry. Die Hard is the 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 right. Like I remember listening to that final pod and it got down to Predator versus Die Hard and I was just like, listen, Predator is a delight. But let's do the right thing here, people. This is Die yeah. Hard. Let's not make a mistake. And then it ended up being Die Hard, and I was just like, oh, thank God. Because uh, yeah, and and that'll be a good pod too. The uh, the '90s action movie. And I can't um, wait for your your March Madness coverage because you you know we've talked about before. That's <laughs> that's like the biggest basketball tournament of the year for me. So oh, I just love everybody. The, everybody's an expert all of a sudden. Every, every, all, everybody, all of a sudden, I'm knows. totally a armchair yeah. viewer, but I love it. I love that's, it. I love oh yeah, it. that's so the best part of it. I'll be listening to you to, so I can pretend that I know what I'm talking that's about. That's the best part of March Madness, honestly, is that it gets people <laughs> who who just otherwise don't like honestly. And and the tournament is so insane like just the sheer numbers of it and the, and the, like the mathematicians you can look this all up they they've banged out the numbers of of how you know getting a perfect bracket 
the people who and and I'm not even joking about this the people who live and breathe and are paid by ESPN and whatever outlet to cover college basketball and they know you know everybody on every roster and where they came from what high school they went to their brackets have just as much chance as winning as Jan in accounting who is picking whoever has blue uniforms to win they Perfect. It, it, yeah like like there is I get, like they, go they team have, blue. Yeah, go team blue. They have they have just <laughs> as much. Like they're they're anybody who tells you that they they have like an inside thing, Brandon. They're they're full of it. It's all garbage. <laughs> like I mean, you you do smart stuff. Like you you pick one over over this. You pick the one seed over the sixteen seed, obviously. But yeah, uh, you know, once you get to the eight nine matchups, you might as well flip a goddamn coin because it's the it, wild it, west. Like yeah. Well, yeah, when it's Clemson versus you know St Mary's, it's like well, honestly. You could just flip a coin. It's crazy. But, uh, man, I love That's what it. makes it great, though. Fuck, I love the tournament. I'm so excited. Oh, right, this no. is a great time of year. There's so much going on right now. And, like, Iron Fist is coming out soon, and that's not getting good uh, reviews so far. So. No. Yeah. What are you going to do there? All right. Are we wrapping up? Because we gotta ch- I got to check the Leaf score, dude. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Let's get out of here. I've, I've, I've taken up way too much of your time. Brandon, thanks for doing this again. Oh, and, my pleasure. Uh, we'll, we'll get you back on some other time. And... As always, thanks for listening and see you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Crossover.